Welcome to Monsters and Mixers, the spine-chilling podcast guaranteed to quench your thirst for all things spooky and one thing drinky. Can't get enough of paranormal or true crime stories? Then this is the place for you. We are your hosts, Amy and Emma, and each episode will feature a new story and a new cocktail recipe to help calm your nerves while you listen. So grab your ingredients, pull the covers up tight, and prepare to be terrified by tales of the darkness among us. Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers. We are your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Emma. And this is our season two premiere our first episode of the new year very excited to be Feels back like it's been forever it has been forever we took a little bit of a hiatus we're supposed to come back earlier than we did but life happened yeah we got hit with the covid again damn covid surprise yeah it's been a little bit of a rough um january so far i'm not sure if anybody else has felt like 2022 has really roared in with the vengeance mm-hmm. and has started killing Feels like we've lived like a year in a month already. Yeah, start killing off lots of our um, favorite celebrities. Yep. Although 2021 ended with our beloved Betty passing. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Betty White. Rest in peace, Betty. This one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do like a one about like some animal ghost or something. That would be more of a Betty and yeah. Betty-esque thing. That'd be cool. Yeah, and then we have some news also about the Brian Laundry, Gabby Petito case. Yeah, I guess it's finally come to a full end. Um, they came out, investigators came out and said that he admitted to killing her multiple times, I guess, in his journal, more than once. Yeah. They haven't said explicitly what he said. Um, I wonder why they're not saying that, what, why they're not releasing any info. I don't know if it could be like a respect thing for her family, or if maybe they just don't find it necessary. It might come out later. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Because there's no, like, active case going on. They're not prosecuting anybody. Yeah, there's no one to prosecute. Unless they're, like, trying to bring up charges against his parents. I wouldn't see, like, why. Yeah, I haven't really been keeping up with that, but has there been any more talk about his parents being found culpable? I don't think so. Honestly, like, most things do in the media. I feel like it died off very fast, like, the second that... They found him dead. We didn't really hear about it as much as we yeah. do used to, which, I mean, it happens. Media cycles, media cycle. But I haven't heard anything about his family at all. Yeah, Her family's either. still active on social media, still doing their Gabby Petito Foundation stuff. They're awesome. Yeah, but, I, I follow her dad on Twitter. He's always posting Yeah, a lot they're of really things. cool. But I haven't heard anything from, like, his sister or his mom or his dad. I'm assuming they're probably keeping as low of a profile as possible but probably and they're healing too i mean i know the things they did at the beginning were they seemed to be shady yeah but they also lost their son they were mourning and and their daughter-in-law yeah future daughter-in-law but yeah it was pretty pretty tragic so there's that just trying to kind of think of some things that happened while we were Celebrating Thanksgiving and then Christmas and the New Year. Oh, there was an active serial killer in Missouri. Oh? Uh, is that the one that was <laughs> killing the women? Mm-hmm. Did like, they catch them? I I don't know. And I could never tell if it was, like, all connected or not. Because you know how local media goes on, like, Facebook and stuff. People just post things that don't really make sense. For a second, I thought they had caught him. But I am not sure. Because there were two different instances. There was the one that was, like person who was shooting people on yeah. the highway and then there was the guy who was like luring young women from like dating apps and stuff like that and like killing them but i'm not sure yeah, we'll have to look into it that was it. like 30 minutes from us <laughs> so that yeah. happened not very far no i don't yeah. know if there's any more true crime stuff going on oh the zodiac killer they think that they know who the zodiac what? killer is How did they i told that? you that it hasn't been confirmed 100% but apparently a cold case like, into a cold case crew thinks that it was someone, I don't know his name, but who died in prison a couple years ago. So he's already dead. But they think that for some reason, I don't know if it was DNA or what, that linked him directly to the Zodiac Killer, like, killings. Really? Huh. So that's possible. Well, that's exciting. I don't remember <laughs> you telling me that. So The FBI hasn't was... come out and said anything about it explicitly, but 
Why would they? Yeah, exactly. It's not Ted Cruz. No. <laughs> it's someone else. Despite those really compelling <laughs> sketches that make it look exactly like him. He just looks like... I've decided that he's someone who looks like everybody. He looks like Grandpa Munster. He looks he like... does look like Grandpa Munster. Just like Penguin. He looks like random people. Yeah. And they're yeah. all hideous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Definitely. Um, so, like I said, Emma and I were kind of under the weather from COVID for a little bit again. So we watched... How many movies was it? Um, I think I checked like the app that I logged my movies on and I think it was January 12th and we'd already watched like 18 movies. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a very large amount. And several um, TV limited series mm -hmm. and literally we've done nothing but watch TV. We're both feeling much better now, but it has been the land of zoning and watching television for a, yeah. it, a while and it's cold here. So we're definitely trying to avoid the outdoors. Mm-hmm. My eyes were starting to hurt from yeah. how much TV I was watching. I feel like we need to give a gratuitous plug to um, that god-awful but kind of awesome... Oh, Splatter. Splatter movie yeah. with... Is it Corey Feldman, right? Because mm -hmm. Corey Hames dead. Rest in peace. Yeah, we found this stupid like 30-minute long short film on Netflix called Splatter by the guy who directed Gremlins. Yeah. And it's Corey Feldman, and it's B-budget and horrible, but... Intentionally meant to be horrible, but it even surpasses But the... very bad, and I'm talking, like, a 10% rating on, like, IMDb, <laughs> on, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it... I... I don't know. It wasn't great. It was not the worst thing I've but ever seen. But if you seen. like horrible things, I guess watch it. I think like you... Like, cheesy should... stuff. Yeah. I think you guys should all give it a try. Don't go in thinking it's, like, Evil Dead cheesy good, but it was... It was enjoyable. Only 30 minutes. You're not missing much. No. You get to hear Corey talk like this. Or Corey Feldman, sorry. Yeah, and it was the original Candyman, right? Yeah. He's he, in it, too. It was almost like watching a horror movie soap opera. Mm -hmm. Like, that over-the-top, cheesy acting was it what like it was. a reality show. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we watched it. Yeah. We also watched a lot of crap. We watched some not-so-good movies, I feel like. Netflix's horror movies anything. just was aren't great. Bad. All of them, we would like go into a movie, like a scary movie, thinking it was going to be a scary movie, and it'd just be like traumatically sad. Oh yeah, I made her watch <laughs> Silent Night, the post-apocalyptic, like, well, pre-apocalyptic. bedroom or two-bedroom, whatever it was, mm, and then we really watched another one that was like super sad. Yeah, there was just too much going on. Yeah, but we're currently in the middle of trying to, I'm watching for the second time, Haunting of Hill House, and Emma's watching for the first time. And if you have not out there checked it out yet, it's based on the Shirley Jackson novel, same name, um, Haunting of Hill House. And it is probably one of the prettiest gothic horror mm -hmm. novels slash TV series I've ever yeah. ever watched. I love it We were so watching much. an episode the other day and <laughs> you had to get up and like start making dinner and it was like kind of a pivotal episode. <laughs> so I was just like standing, I stood up because I had to start getting ready for work and I was just like standing up watching the last like 10 minutes of it just like sobbing in the living room. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I like audibly gasped. It's very good. It very is pretty. Really good. Yeah. Very well made. So we have what, three more I think? Mm -hmm. Two or three more left to watch and then we'll be putting that to bed. So if anybody has any suggestions for good TV, you can email them to us or tweet them or them Facebook. Wherever. We haven't given out our handles for a minute, so let's see if we can remember all of them. We'll um, give them at the end. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we are having our first paranormal episode of the year today. And since it is taking place in Kentucky, we are drinking a drink that's called a Naughty But Nice Cocktail. And it has either rye whiskey, bourbon, or vodka. We're going with bourbon since Kentucky bourbon, duh. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. a lot of it in our home. Yeah. Um, orange juice, ginger syrup, cranberry juice, club soda, ice, and then if you feel fancy, you can garnish with orange uh, slices or cranberries. And I don't usually ever do that kind of thing at home because it's just to make your drink look pretty and I'm just not going to eat it. Yeah. yeah. I don't even do that at the bar that I work at. <laughs> I go put a lime on stuff, but that's about it. Yeah. So I do not particularly like bourbon. I'm stirring my drink. Sorry, that was really rude. So I went a little light on mine. Emma is a bourbon connoisseur, so she has a little more in there. 
I'm really hoping there's enough fruity frou-frou in my drink. It looks good. It looks like yeah. a rum punch. It's really pretty. It's not going to taste like a rum punch, but it looks like I'm one. hoping I can make it through it, so. All cheers. right, cheers. Ah, no, nope. All I can taste is bourbon. That's good. Damn. All righty. I think all I can taste is orange juice. Ah. Whew. That one burns. <laughs> it's good. It's muted. It's not too bad. Yeah. Should we tell them, like, our themes for this season? Because we're doing a theme season each, right? Sure. Yeah. So you can start with yours since your episode's first. All right. So I'm going to do haunted houses. I'm oh, sorry. Haunted houses. I'm always doing haunted houses. I'm going to do haunted hospitals and haunted prisons as mine. And then I'm also going to do the cryptic corner every once in a while and throw in some hopefully listener stories. And I think I'm going to kind of like wavered back and forth a little bit, but I think I'm going to do cases of familicide. And then I also want to throw in some like active missing person cases that are happening right now because... Why not? Yeah. And help bring some awareness. Yes. Maybe somebody has seen something mm -hmm. can help solve some crimes. Because that is the one thing that we've talked about before is that the Gabby Petito case got so much play, media play, and a lot of other cases go unsolved because they don't get as much mm -hmm. hype or recognition. Yeah. There are so many cold missing person cases in this country that need to be talked about. Yeah, for sure. So that I'm excited. I have really missed being doing this every week. Yeah. So I'm glad we're back. I like it because it just gives me something to do. I feel like now that I'm not working so much, I just feel like I'm not doing anything ever. <laughs> I feel like I just like wake up and then I'm like, oh, let me wait until they get home. Wait for everybody to come <laughs> yeah. back. And now we're just a house of three too. Yeah. So everybody went away to college and it's been quite an adjustment. So we're living our bachelorette lives. Those of you out there who have children who have moved away will understand my current plight that I'm going through. I literally cannot cook for only three people. I have been cooking for five people for so long that I keep making these massive freaking meals and we have so much food and I feel so guilty. And I don't even know if it's, I, I don't know if it's that I can't do, I don't remember, I don't know the recipes for small amounts. So I'm afraid it's going to taste like crap. So I just keep making it and. So we're freezing a lot. Yeah, and we eat a lot of rice, and rice multiplies, so it's hard yeah. to make rice for one person, let alone three. Right. So we just have like eight pounds of rice in the fridge at any given time. Yeah, 2022 is my <laughs> year to learn to cook for smaller amounts and only three people. I'm hoping I can conquer that. We can do it. Yeah. All right, well, we are going to go ahead and dive right into this story. I am really excited to let Emma listen to this because I don't know if she knows about it. And it is really, really scary. And there were quite a bit of listener, not listener, but a lot of um, eyewitness accounts that people had submitted online, like on Reddit pages and things like that, where they talked about their own true experiences that occurred. So I thought that was kind of cool because I always like to show things that are a little more personal. I think it adds to the um, spookiness of a place and makes it a little scarier. And a little more present day too. Yeah. So we are doing the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and it is located in Louisville, Kentucky. They opened their doors in 1910 to house victims of the raving, raving, raging <laughs> tuberculosis outbreak. So I wanted to include some information that gave you a definition of tuberculosis because I don't know if everybody knows what it is, and it is a really horrible death. And so I took some info from the tbfacts.org website. And it says, quote, when TB wakes up and gets into the lungs, it eats them from the inside out, slowly diminishing their capacity, causing the chest to fill up with blood and the liquidy remains of the lungs. A wet hacking cough is evocative of TB. The lungs now in liquid form are sloshing around in the chest. Eventually liquid replaces the lungs. The suffering patients cannot get enough oxygen and respiratory failure occurs. They can no longer breathe and they drown. It's painful, it's drawn out, it's an awful way to die. But before any of this happens, the disease weakens you, diminishes your capacity for work, and puts your family and friends and anyone else you come into contact with at risk. And it does sound like just a horrendous. Just add that to my list of <laughs> fears. Medical fears, my long laundry list. The good thing is we've made a lot of advances yeah, we get in the treatment of TB. Well, we get 
checked for TB all the time. And it's pretty much almost been eradicated in the sense that it doesn't really kill people like it did back in the day. Is it like more common in nursing homes, like outbreaks? It's more common. It's actually, I saw a statistic. It was for a while making it come back in the U.S. And then they got it. Yeah, they squashed it again. And that's why you have to get like a TB test before you can start working in a school or something. Because you can have tuberculosis and just not have active TB. It's kind of one of those things where, so if you You ever... carry it just like every other thing. And I think it's one of those diseases that if you test positive for it you can never ever donate blood again because you will oh you'll pass it on to other people that makes sense yeah have you ever seen um tombstone yeah you know uh val kilmer mm-hmm. he's got tuberculosis yeah. so if you've not seen tombstone you need to watch it people out there listening it's not yellowstone no it's tombstone tombstone <laughs> i feel like did we talk about tombstone not too long ago you guys watched it the other day okay. when i was at work so the common treatment for early diagnosis of tuberculosis was not medicine or preventative measures. It was a combination of sunlight, fresh air, and nutritious foods. So not really a whole lot that they could do for people in the early stages. The sunlight and fresh air treatment was carried out during all seasons, including in the dead of winter where patients' beds were pulled outside and they were left to sit during frigid temperatures. So they would just wheel everybody outside. It could be snowing. It could be 10 degrees. And they really thought that the fresh air would help open their lungs up and they would be able to survive. Worse, though, is that surgical intervention and more extreme measures, which included removal of ribs and or parts of the lungs and inserting balloons into the lungs and blowing them up, thinking that would help the people breathe, were reserved for patients that were super close to death. And... Sadly, they failed more often than they worked. Like, hardly anyone was saved from advanced tuberculosis. And these barbaric things they did were not very commonly carried out successfully. Yeah, Yeah. that doesn't even sound like something that would work today. No. So, it's not surprising that many people who came to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium for treatment never improved or made it out alive. It is believed as many as 50,000 to 60,000 patients may have died in the building, which is a hell of a lot of people. It is really hard to pin that down because most records were destroyed. So confirmation of numbers or identifying the dead bodies is nearly impossible. It is known that not all patients that were there, though, died from tuberculosis. Many of them died from um, suicide because they were living such horrible, awful painful existence that they just tried to end their suffering can't say you blame them no which led to another problem in the sanatorium and that was trying to help keep the spirits of the people who were not that far gone that had a chance of surviving trying to keep them up so that they didn't just start killing themselves so an effort to keep the dying and desperate patients from seeing the dead bodies was set into place and To do that, the deceased were disposed of via a body chute, which was a 537-foot tunnel that led down to the Dixie Highway. The tunnel, even though that was how it was used at the end, was not used like that originally. It was actually used as a bomb shelter during World War II. They found that they could fit pretty much everybody from the building inside that one tunnel, and it was built so structurally sound out of concrete and things that it was pretty much the safest place anyone could be if we started getting bombed by somebody. So did the tunnel have like an exit? It did. So they were just dropping bodies that just landed on a highway. Well, okay, we're going to get to that <laughs> like, What? You just, imagine you're just driving along the highway and five bodies shoot out of this tunnel. Okay, so it wasn't actually a tunnel. Like a chute. It wasn't a chute. It was a tunnel. So Okay, not like a trash chute. Yeah. They called it the body chute. I was literally imagining like a slide. I think a lot of people do. And when I was reading, I was like, what the heck are you talking about? So it really was not a body chute. It was a long tunnel. It had flooring. And like I said, it was constructed of concrete all around. So sides, ceiling, floor, everything were concrete. And... The rest of the Waverly Hills Sanatorium has pretty much fallen into utter and complete ruin. You can do like ghost tours and things like that there, but there are certain areas that you cannot go to because they're falling apart. 
I believe at some point someone tried to buy it and renovate it, but it just didn't really go that far. Kind of sounds like the Alms House. A little bit. Well, no. The Alms House, I think, is in way worse shape than this. But even though the building is falling down, the tunnel's still, like, perfectly intact. And that's, like, one of the main places people can go and look. Uh, the tunnel itself, is, like I said, 525 feet long, and it ran out to the bottom of the hill. And the purpose of that ending at the bottom of the hill by the Dixie Highway was because people could come and pick up their loved ones that had passed. They could transport them somewhere else if they are going to have a funeral or if they were going to be cremated, which happened a lot with the bodies because there were so many. That's where the orderlies and people who were going to cremate them could come and take the bodies and take them off for cremation. Either way, it sounds really freaking horrible yeah. and not at all like something I would want my poor family to no. go through. In 1961, the hospital closed its doors to tuberculosis patients. A year later, the building reopened as a mental hospital because, hey, why not? Lots of people died here. Sadly, many of the people treated there were just as tormented and in super bad depression as the previous patients, and the suicide rate remained really high. In the 20 years it remained a mental health facility, dozens and dozens of people died uh, by suicide. So there are no good stories, no happy, no happy endings really coming out of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Back in the day, I don't think there were many happy stories coming out of most mental health facilities. No. It was just like a place to put people away, kind yeah. of. Not really sure. helpful. Yeah, not at all. All right, so I'm going to take a quick little break here because I need some water to wash down my bourbon. And the drink I just took just locked my jaw. It was like <laughs> so <start>. sour. <laughs> my God. Yeah, and when we come back, I'm going to give you some accounts of ghosts that people have seen there. And the one that freaks me out the most, I am so excited for you to hear about. Every time is. you see go uh, say Ghosts of Waverly Hills, I just think Wizards of Waverly Hills. <laughs> I don't say Ghosts of Waverly Hills. It says it right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally right there. I'm like, Selena Gomez is about to come into this story. Maybe so. <laughs> All right, we will be back in one sec. Okay, we are back, and I have something embarrassing to admit. I absolutely cannot drink this bourbon drink. I am an embarrassment. I can never move to Kentucky. I had to switch to a hard soda because it was not my friend. It's definitely an acquired taste. Not everybody likes it. Yeah, I could drink that every day and I will not be acquiring that taste. So if you made the drink at home and you like bourbon and you're enjoying it, I'm happy for you. If you're like me and you don't really like bourbon, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's me with gin. I literally... Yeah. In any form cannot drink it i was gonna taste so horrible to me i was gonna make the traditional um what's the one the kentucky derby drink the mint julep, mint julep but emma hates mint so we got stuck with this so don't even have a mortar and pestle so we couldn't even muddle our mint we could have fixed it i got a rolling pin i would have thrown up <laughs> i cannot drink that all right so we are back we're gonna get back into the ghosts of waverly hills so prior to the hospital being placed on the National Register of Haunted Places, it became a neglected and dilapidated shell of its former self. The eerie facade soon began to attract local ghost, ghost hunters, because we're all a bunch of freaks and we love to go to haunted places. And countless stories began to circulate about the sinister beings dwelling in the dark corners of Waverly Hills. Do you ever feel like sad when buildings are just left to fall into ruin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Because I always, like, think about all of the people who, like, worked there, all the people who, like, in this case, like, met their end there. I mean, there's, like, a lot of history. life and history and buildings, and people just let them fall to the wayside. Yeah, and as far as, like, a building that was used as both a hospital and a mental hospital, the pictures and things, it's there were parts of it that were actually kind of pretty. Because it was being used to treat the tuberculosis patients, and they thought that the air was really good for them there were lots and lots of like floor to ceiling like open air windows and stuff so it had a really pretty view of like a forest and i could see why people who were desperate for help would have been drawn to go there mm -hmm. so it falling apart is equally sad, or more so sad i think because it was a nice building 
So this first story, a gentleman named Rick Hinton, he wrote an article for the Southside Times in which he recounted his experiences from an overnight ghost hunt he took around 2019. So I took this information from there. I want to give Rick his shout outs because this is not my story. So he says, my team made a trek through the dark first level hallway. I was holding up the rear with a shadowy figure walking next to me that I assumed to be my teammate, Doug. And what little I could make out, he was built like Doug anyway. We had our flashlights off so our eyes would adjust to the dark. So you know how it is when you're trying to get your eyes acclimated. So he's just walking along, Doug's walking beside him. Uh, we were all silent, listening, and someone tripped in the group in front of me, and I heard Doug up there laughing and making a comment. So I switched on my light, and no one was beside me. So he had been just walking along. Sorry, our cat's always, she never comes out until we're podcasting. <laughs> so he's walking along and thinking he's walking next to Doug, and then poof, no Doug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he gets insane later my teammates <laughs> helped me into a morgue locker at it's, my request it's like ghost adventures yeah he's Aaron in the crematorium yeah he Aaron himself <laughs> so at his own request they shut him in the morgue locker and they left him alone he listened to them walking away he could hear their footsteps retreating and it was quiet for a while and then the small room seemed to come alive I couldn't see anything but black Yet outside the locker door, I heard the sounds of shuffling feet and the clatter of things being moved on a metal gurney. They stopped as soon as my team returned to let me out. So I cannot imagine something more terrifying than being stuck in a morgue locker. Yeah, it's also like one of those things that you can't get out of unless someone pulls you out of it. So there's like all this scuffling and things going on outside and he could hear them walking back towards him yeah even if i wasn't hearing that i think just the fact that i knew that i couldn't get out i would have a full-blown panic attack yeah for sure then later at the tunnel through the hill or the body chute where the deceased were transported after passing in the hospital this happened standing at the top even a flashlight beam would not reach the bottom of the tunnel because it was slightly slanted down While shooting a single laser beam to the bottom, it suddenly stopped upon something solid. And that something was making its way up the tunnel towards us. We could see the vague white outline, outlines of a form. We watched it grow closer and closer until the form just disappeared. With the laser beam then suddenly shooting down into the darkness. So they're watching this thing like walk towards them. I would literally shit my pants. That is yeah, so scary. I would scream. I, I'm just picturing it in my head, like, you know, the, the thing, like, laser beam bobbing on something, walking towards you, and then the thing just goes away. You can't keep shaking your head. You have to verbalize. I don't know what to say. <laughs> They're braver than I am. Uh, <clears throat> on the fourth floor terrace, I was alone and watching a dark shadow following me from within the inner hallway. It was playing hide and seek. It would on occasion peek a dark head around the door frames. So just kept walking with him, peeking, peekabooing at him. So that's so casually. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not scary for something to just be playing hide and seek. No, it's terrifying. And that is all Mr. Hinton had to say. More legends and tales, however, have amassed over the years from others who have visited. Some of them include specters and monsters of many different types. The first one I came across is literally the most horrifying thing I have ever heard of. So don't read along. I want you to just listen and take this in. Because I was reading this at like 3 o'clock in the morning when I was finishing up the other day and I had to turn lights on. I was like, nope, I am not okay. If you're like me, this will literally scare the shit out of you. Uh, The whole place, all of Waverly Hills Sanatorium, is haunted by a grim presence called the Creeper. They say if you've ever felt an overwhelming feeling of doom suddenly come across you that you can't explain, you are probably coming into contact with something like the Creeper. So, the Creeper is a dark, terrifying entity that crawls along the floors and... (laughs) You're shaking your head again. And the walls of the sanatorium. Most commonly, when it's spotted crawling along the floors, making its way toward unlucky visitors, it is said to have long, crudely twisted arms and legs. 
A uh, few people have witnessed the creeper crawling upside down on the ceiling toward them rapidly, like really fast. <laughs> kind of. Uh, some believe it is an otherworldly spirit from a different realm. Uh, you fucking think? <laughs> That's not a human. Uh, some believe it's a demonic force. Others believe it is a human spirit that has been mercilessly twisted by the trauma it endured in life and still suffers in death, which is so sad. I'm going to go with one of the first two. Um, but most people believe it to be a shadow person, which is your favorite. Yeah. Feeding off the energy of the and the torment of the lingering souls that are still trapped there. And they think that the reason why there are so many more creeper sightings these days is because there are so many souls there for it just just get stronger and stronger and stronger and i cannot wipe wipe the mental picture of him crawling upside down on the ceiling towards no, people no that's like the scariest thing ever yeah when things are like on the ceiling or the wall yeah because then it's clearly not like a human Mm-mm, humans don't do that it's terrible it sounds I like a spider yeah um so we don't really know what it is if it's demon or shadow person or whatever but those people who encounter it, like I said before, all say they are filled with this dread. Like, before they see it, they, like, will be walking along, you know, laughing, having their ghost hunt, and then they will just be like, oh, my God, I feel, like, this overwhelming, horrible sense of dread. And once they see the creeper, of course, they're freaked out and they have to leave. But everybody, like, abandons their ghost hunt and said that it takes them sometimes hours for the hysteria to subside, that they will be driving, somebody else will drive them, and they just cannot calm down, and that feeling of foreboding will not go away. And others have said, and I found a couple people that said that they went and toured the building in, like, the 70s and saw the creeper, and they still have nightmares to this day. Like, they wake up. I would. That's probably something that you can't, like, forget. Can't un... Yeah, you cannot un- think see a it. creeper. Yeah, no. That sounds terrifying. It's an appropriate name for him. Yeah. I I think that is the scariest. Find a business place I'm bringing AK. <laughs> you can't. Lighten him up. You cannot shoot the creeper. Hmm. Sounds like like Dementors in Harry Potter. Kind of, except for they fly. Feeding off your soul. Yeah. All right. There are also lots of doppelgangers or double walkers that are spotted there. And for those of you who don't know, it's a type of spirit that can mimic the appearance, voice, mannerisms. Of anyone or anything. Yeah, sometimes called a skinwalker. Although, I don't know. Doppelgangers and skinwalkers, I don't always think are the same. I think maybe, but skinwalkers, I don't know. Well, skinwalkers, I guess, are usually, it can be like animals too. Yeah. They can also be like humans, like mimicking voices and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, which is so scary. Like thinking that you're hearing, like say, I think you're talking to me and it's not you. Yeah hearing something upstairs or whatever. Uh, Lots of tour guides have reported seeing doppelgangers of themselves and of others. I think that's probably what was happening when that Rick guy thought his friend Doug was walking next Mm -hmm. to him. It was probably a doppelganger. Um, In some cases, the doppelgangers were literally almost identical to the person that they thought it was, except they just had giant black gaping holes where they should have had eyeballs. (laughs) At least they're (laughs) nice enough to make it clear that they're not actually the person yeah um doppelgangers are also rumored rumored to be signs of evil or some kind of a premonition that death or something tragic is about to befall you so if you're ever somewhere and you see a doppelganger and probably not gonna die (laughs) you may not be gonna die but (laughs) it's probably not good another scary figure commonly seen in waverly hills is that of a big dark shadow of a man that often scares people so not necessarily a shadow person because they think this might be um someone who actually was there before one skeptic was convinced by his girlfriend to spend the night there they were in a group exploring the site um wait okay i'm sorry it's not yeah okay hold on this man um suddenly saw someone at a distance entering one of the rooms he assumed it must have been someone from the group that fell behind and he decided to approach them and tell them like hey the rest of us are going over here. He didn't want to leave some poor person there by themselves. Once he entered the room and started a conversation, 
the figure turned and it became visible that the stranger was actually a tall, dark ghost that had no eyes. Uh, needless to say, the man ran like hell and screamed until he reached the outside and vowed to never visit the place again. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, a blogger who I tried to find their name, it was an article I read online and I don't know if they're trying to be super secret or what, but I could not find a name to give them credit. Wrote, um, he had written about another story of when he had been there, but this one I found to be a little more interesting. He said, on another occasion, I was in a group of people and decided to leave them for a while to explore the place on my own. An empty hall had several lighted spots left from a moon that, a moonlight that shined through the doors. Several times, these lighted spots in the hall were crossed by someone silently, even though no one was in that part of the building. A really strange thing happened when I was returning back to the group. I actually felt like something or someone was pushing me, either with a fist or a side of a cart. I decided not to say anything, but when I approached my friends, they all turned around and looked at me speechless as if they saw a ghost. At this point, my heart started pounding, but I decided to act all tough and even joked and asked if my friends actually saw a ghost. Once they calmed down, one of my friends told me something was following me as I was walking back to them. They said it was fairly tall and it was distinctly different from the shape of my shadow. It looked like a lighter, more transparent human figure. That's scary. That is super scary. Like, I kind of want to go to this place. It's kind of on my top. I know. That's what I hate about you. Why? Because you, what about this is alluring? I would really like to just be, be terrified in my face, concrete, and con you cannot argue with it. Proof yeah, but of I don't. Something. I want proof, but I don't want proof that's like terrifying. Well, I mean, what do you want? What is that going to do for you? Like Casper? Just be scared? I, I love to be scared. No, you don't. You love to be scared when you're watching TV <laughs> in your basement. The second we step in that place, you're going to be losing it. I, let's try. We're going to Kentucky. No. You okay. up for it? Sure. All right. This story was posted Stand on... outside. <laughs> you have your fun. Might be you're scary coming outside. Into, it might be. This was posted on Reddit by Mystic Spiral on September 19th of 19 or 2017 and it's titled my waverly story it says this experience happened on my second visit so it's not that scary they went back twice right you can do it i went with two cousins and a friend of my cousins a couple things happened on this visit but this was the most intense we had just walked a mother and daughter back to the exit and used the facilities while we were there three of us my two cousins and i decided to head back to the fourth floor this first floor, the first floor, the first floor at the time was decorated for the annual haunted house with paint on the walls and props stored in many of the rooms. They do a haunted house in the air. Yeah. Because of this, we didn't want to hang on the first floor too long, thinking that nothing much would happen, which I think I would probably think also. As we were approaching the stairs to start heading to the floors above, we noticed that the hallway seemed unusually dark. Because Waverly is open, like I talked about earlier, no glass windows as a fresh breeze with thought to help the tuberculosis. And we were outside the city of Louisville and there was a full moon. There was actually quite a bit of light coming into the building. There's also lights outside and exit signs within. In short, there's typically enough light to see fairly well. And what was down the other half of the hallway was pitch black. We shrugged it off and headed onward and within a few minutes found ourselves unable to see ahead or behind us. I distinctly remember bringing my hand up and being unable to see it. We groped around and managed to grab each other, silently deciding to just stay still. I'm not sure how much time passed, but probably only a couple minutes had gone by when, from behind us, we hear, What are you doing? We turned and there was a tour guide and suddenly we could see again. We explained that we stopped because we couldn't see our way forward and the guy looked at us a little incredulously. This is when we began to notice that not only had we passed a bright exit sign, but also numerous rooms, including a rather large meeting type area. The larger area clearly had lights outside of it and the light from the city was flooding in as well. All in all, I believe we walked far enough to have passed six rooms or so without having seen them. All three of us decided it was a little weird, but headed to the stairs to go up to the higher floors. We wound up running into a larger part of the group that had decided to stay together and a younger tour guide. 
The guide was in the middle of going over the types of shadow entities one might encounter at Waverly. The last one he mentioned was described as a giant black shadow that settled over the hallway, shrouding it in a deep blackness. We were all advised to go the other way if we saw it. This entity was what they called Big Black. My cousins and I nervously laughed out loud together, which irritated the tour guide. He accused us of thinking it was all fake. We assured him we didn't think that at all. We were just laughing because we had just been in Big Black. Which is horrific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's scary because you're disoriented and you like can't get out. Yeah. And you can't see and you don't... You know. I just don't know why they would be like, oh, we can't see anything. Let's just keep walking towards it. Because they couldn't see behind him either, so... Yeah, but like they saw it from far away and just decided to keep going. I don't know. I guess they didn't realize that they were going to be walking into an abyss. I guess. <sighs> Goodness. That's so. scary because it's... I'm not afraid of the dark, but when it's like so dark that you... Like, lose your bearings. That's terrifying. It is. I'm not afraid to say I'm afraid of the dark. I hate the dark. Yeah, I've never been bothered by the dark. I need my room to be, like, pitch black when I sleep. No, I but... sleep. Nope. I'm good. Um, this is another one also from Reddit. It's from My Soul Must Be Iron. I went there maybe nine years ago. Some very crazy stuff going on there. There was a point where the group I was in were sitting in a main hallway. We looked down at the darkness at the end of the hall... We all see three figures blacker than the darkness surrounding them. We all confirmed with each other that we were all seeing the same thing. If that wasn't creepy enough, the figure in the middle was swaying side to side. Then they were kind of glitching towards us. We peaced out when that started to happen and ran. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. What do you mean by like glitching? Like kind of like when there's like a strobe light and like it flashes and it's closer. And it's closer to you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Which is terrifying. Yeah, I hate that. Me too. Not a fan. I think these are honestly some of the scariest personal accounts of being in a place I've ever come across. Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's a there's a lot of sadness that's yeah, happened. for sure. Um, perhaps the greatest and most controversial legend of Waverly Hills was connected to the fifth floor of the building. This floor of the old hospital consisted of two nurses' stations, a pantry, a linen room, medicine room, and two medium-sized rooms on both sides of the nurses' stations. There are a lot of legends about what went on in this part of the hospital, but perhaps the biggest misconception was that this was a floor that was used to house mentally ill tuberculosis patients. This was not the case. The patients here were not insane, nor were they confirmed to their rooms. They were free to move about, just like patients on all the other floors of the hospital. This floor, thanks to its design, allowed patients to still benefit from the fresh air and sunshine that was believed to cure or at least extend the life of those who had been there. It was centered in the middle of the hospital, and the two wards extending out from the nurse's station were glassed in on all sides and opened out onto a patio-type roof. According to the stories, a nurse was found dead in room 502 in 1928. She had committed suicide by hanging herself from the light fixture. She was 29 years old at the time of her death, unmarried and pregnant. Her depression over the situation led her to take her own life. It is unknown how long she may have been hanging in this room before her body was discovered, and this would not be the only tragedy to occur with a connection to room 502. There's lots of people who think they see her ghost wandering around. Yeah. <laughs> in 1932, another nurse who worked in the same room jumped from the roof patio and plunged several stories to her death. No one seems to know why she would have done this, but many have speculated that she may have actually been pushed over the edge. There's not a whole lot of people that know who pushed her or why they would have pushed her. But I can also like think of several reasons why she would have wanted to do that. Well, I'm sure it's very depressing. Living. Yeah, that would be a horrible place to work. Yeah, for sure. Um, there are no records to indicate this, but rumors continue to persist. On September 10th, 2006, a man named Tom Halstead of Missouri Paranormal Research took a photograph of a ghostly apparition that looked almost exactly like Mary, the first nurse. Some people, though, think it may not have been Mary. It may have actually been a daughter of one of the doctors of Waverly Hills who actually sadly contracted TB herself from prolonged exposure to patients, which is the not... The doctor or the daughter? The daughter. Um, it's not uncommon to get tuberculosis from other people. It's airborne and spittle yeah. drops and things like that. 
So there are some pretty cool EVP sessions that have picked up the words get back inside of the room. And I believe Ghost Adventures might have even gotten one that's like this. You, They have EVP sessions where you can actually hear the chair screeching. Like it sounds like somebody kicked it out from underneath them, which would be what it would sound like when Mary kicked it out from under herself to hang herself. People have seen shapes moving in the windows, have heard disembodied voices, and there are lots of stories about people who say that when they're up there, they just get this overwhelming feeling that they should jump off the roof. And I read quite a few stories of people saying, hey, I was up there and my friends had like grabbed me and we had to go because I just kept walking closer and closer to the outside. Which maybe Mary's mad and she's trying to get more people to come join her. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to Ghost Adventures, but there are like multiple times where they get like overwhelmingly angry and they mm -hmm. can't explain it. So I, if, yeah, if this is true and like people are seeing stuff like this, I wouldn't be surprised if you are picking up on the energy that was left there. For sure. I mean, I know how I felt when we were at uh, Mineral Springs. Like, super. I just felt off and yeah. feel like myself. Like, inexplicably not like myself. Yeah. That was one of the scarier experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And the whole time he's like, they're nice. So I'm like, then why do I feel <laughs> insane right now? I don't feel very nice. We need to go back. I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> my head is pounding. Yeah. Um, there are some other really sad stories that come out of there, but one of the saddest ghosts that is said to live there is that of an elderly woman who roams the hospital moaning and bleeding from her chained hands and feet. They were um, chained? Yeah. Well, I don't, we don't know. No one knows if it's from the tuberculosis part of it or the mental because hospital I'd part of it. would be the mental hospital part of it. Yeah. And... Everyone who's seen her says she cries and cries and cries for help. And the minute you start walking towards her, anybody starts walking towards her, she screams and runs away like she's so afraid of the person walking towards her. Yeah, which, which would make me think that it's probably... That's somebody who's mental. Yeah. Sorry. Mentally insane. Oh my god. Sorry. That's not, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Someone who was a patient. At the yeah, hospital. that's what I meant. I misspoke. Someone who was a mental patient. <sighs> okay, so... <laughs> Tragically, the young men, young men, tragically, the <laughs> young were not immune to tuberculosis and many died at Waverly. Timmy, a six-year-old, was one of the poor young souls to have perished there. When Timmy was alive, he had a fondness for toy balls and played with them often. Over the years, visitors have brought balls for him to play with, and these balls have been seen bouncing off the walls, rolling around in empty rooms where no one's in, floating in midair, and all of this is done without anybody being anywhere near them. Most people say, though, don't be afraid of Timmy because he is considered to be one of the friendly spirits residing in the hospital. And I feel sorry for Timmy living there with the creeper and the big black shadow thing in the hallway. And mm -hmm. but Do you think they're in, like, the same realm? I don't know. That's an interesting point. Like, maybe the good ones live on mm -hmm. a higher level of consciousness, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. That's an interesting idea. I would like to think that. That, like, if we die and we become ghosts, that I'm not, like, stuck with a creeper, like, demon in wherever I'm at, you know? Yeah. Because they didn't do anything to deserve that. I mean, it would be interesting if anybody ever could talk about if they ever saw the spirits interacting with each other. Right. Because that's not really something you hear about often. Usually in places with multiple hauntings... The spirits are usually in different places, and you hardly ever hear of anybody talking about them crossing paths. Yeah, I mean, you do hear sometimes of, like, the weaker spirits, like, they talk about them, like, being afraid to come forward because there's, like, a more, um, a heavier, like, more demanding presence that, mm -hmm. like, doesn't want them to come forward, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's I hope Timmy's not scared. Me too. Well, he seems He's to... playing with balls. Yeah, I was going to say, he seems to be having a pretty good time. <laughs> he seems to be doing all right. And the last story that we have from there is of a man in a white coat who has been seen walking in the kitchen, and a lot of people have said they smell food cooking, fresh baked bread, usually. Is he a chef? Yeah. Yes. Um, so they said that they smelled cooking food, and it wafted through the room, but there was no one in there. The kitchen was a disaster. The windows were broken. Tables and chairs are broken. No way that anybody could be cooking in there. Um, 
So a lot of people have said that they hear footsteps in there, the doors swing shut under their own power, and like I said, they smell the fresh baked bread. And that is that's sweet. Yeah, I try to end it on something a little less terrifying than a creeper or whatever, because that is really scary. Yeah, that's horrifying. I don't even know, what would you even do in that moment? If I saw a creeper, I would probably curl up in a ball on the floor and wait for someone to I think save I'd poop. me. Yeah. Probably. That'd be horrifying. It's almost like one of those things that, like, if you see it and you tell someone, they, like, don't believe you. No. It sounds so absurd. Yeah. But then when you hear, like, other people say, like, yeah, I saw the exact same thing and people have been seeing it since 1970, which is 50 years. I mean. Yeah. It's hard to be like, you're all crazy. wonder if the creeper is somebody that had... Do you think it? Do you think it's a demon or a shadow person? I don't think it's a person. Don't we think, don't you think shadow people are not mm -mm. people though? You think they're like from a different... I don't think shadow people are people. Yeah. So what do you lean towards for the creeper? Demon or shadow thing? I don't know if I necessarily believe in demons, but I do think it's like a... Something from a different realm maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not leftover human spirit. Because I don't know if I've ever heard of like ghosts doing that, you know? Yeah, I, like crawling up the walls or like making themselves look huge and you usually only hear about that kind of stuff with like possession which makes me think it might be more of a demonic presence usually. yeah like when the demon house like yeah. when the kid like walked, walked up, up the, the wall, wall backwards yeah that's like not something when you're possessed by like a, spe a spirit or even the exorcist yeah. I mean the exorcist house like we... contorting your body I mean there are like so many cases of like exorcism that like date back to like the early 1900s late 1800s where people contort their bodies in like inhuman ways yeah do things that are not physically non possible ways. yeah yeah all right so this one is actually um i think i think this is a good first first go i think we'll do the cryptic corner i have maybe as like a a spritzer instead of it being a super long episode because we're already at like 50 minutes and i don't want it to be like an hour and a half yeah no that's fine so you guys will just have to wait to hear about the cryptid we have planned we're really super excited you are joining us again for season two. Like Emma said earlier, we have lots of exciting stories to bring you this year. Well, mine are exciting. Hers are just sad. Yeah. Um, we are definitely going to hit some really creepy hospitals and prisons, and Emma's going to try and do some good and bring some awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to add anything else? <laughs> Not really. I'm glad mm -hmm. that we're back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am too feels good to be doing it. I hope y'all missed us because we missed you. Yeah, I've had multiple people asking me when we're going to start again, so. We're back, bitches. <laughs> back and better than ever. Yeah. Well, thank you again for listening to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Please follow us on our socials on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers podcast. Like and follow us on your preferred listening platform. Leave a five-star rating and send us those stories because we're still going to try to do that this season via email at monstersandmixers2 at gmail.com or at one of the socials mentioned. See you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale and concoct a new delicious drink to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts. See you next time. <laughs>